Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike and we're going to dive right into it today. The topic for the podcast is a question uh, and the question is, will temptation always hound me? So just to tee this up uh, in the smallest way, what we want to talk about is, um, should a, is, it, is it realistic that a believer uh, should always expect that temptation is just going to be right at your door. Uh, maybe there's a particular sin struggle that you find yourself in the middle of. Is that going to be there for your whole life? Is there going to be any alleviation at some point? So that's what we want to talk about today. Try to give some handles for thinking about that. And Mike, I'll pass it to you to kind of get us going here. Yeah, this has been a common theme really throughout pastoral ministry for me, really since 1985. This is something that people want to know you know like someone comes to christ right like in john 8 it's jesus said uh you'll know the truth the truth will set you free if the son shall set you free you shall be free indeed but then people keep struggling with sin obviously there's that roman 7 battle with sin that a, a true believer deals with because think about it before you're a christian you're not thinking about it you're just sinning now once you get confessed convicted of your sin you confess christ as lord and you confess your sins and repent and, and follow Christ, now you're hounded with sin because you're freed from the power and penalty of sin, but you're not freed from sin's presence. Mm -hmm. So you're dealing with, wait, when will all desire for sin be taken away? And I think some Christians will tell each, there's like this, tell each other like, well, yeah, you should be completely free from it or just get used to it. It's always just going to be what you're going to struggle with, you know? And it's like, uh, if you ask the question, when will all desire for sin be taken away? I'm like, well, when you die yeah. <laughs> at Christ's return, yeah. uh, but also when you have further growth in godliness and sanctification, there is a gradual process where certain sins don't have, you're not supposed to let sin have mastery over you. Okay. So, you know, Luke 17 and Jesus said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come but woe to the one through whom they come. And that it's the idea of stumbling block. A temptation to sin is a scandal on, where we get our word scandal. The idea is that there, you put a stumbling block there, but, it, but if you do that to other people and you tempt other people into sin, there's millstones that are on standby if you cause someone to stumble. And so, you know, this is a, a tough, tough thing. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask this question. Do you think that in in a certain person's life, there might be a particular sin that's kind of a, in some ways, maybe like a enslaving sin by nature or just something that they, it's like it really dogs them. Mm -hmm. um, just something that they feel like they continually struggle with. Would it be possible for a true believer to really kind of be locked in a, you know, kind of wrestling match with that particular temptation for their entire life? Yes. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because of the scriptures, obviously, but Ephesians 4, and the idea that says, do not let the Satan, don't give the Satan a foothold. Don't give him a foothold. And the idea that you would be making choices. I think there's sometimes people get this idea that, well, I came to Christ, now God is in complete control, and I have, I'm just like on cruise control. No, you're still, how many times does it say, abstain from fleshly lusts that wage war against the soul? First Peter 2, right? Uh, 11. Uh, what does it say? Uh, your bondage is broken. You're free from the power and penalty of sin. One day you'll be free from the presence of sin. But that means that you have to keep on watchful, you know, like first Peter five says, uh, 
be watchful because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So the idea is that we we have to keep on engaging with the Lord so that we don't engage in certain sins. You know, I, I do think that it's possible that you might be, um, there's a, certain people have certain struggles and that doesn't, that's not a defeatist mentality. That's a realistic thing. Like a Christian isn't, is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So now you have the power of God to say no to sin. It doesn't mean you're not going to feel the, the effects of sin or the temptation. You might feel it stronger. Yeah. As a believer. Yeah. I, I think in some cases, tell me if you would agree or disagree, but in terms of a person's life before they came to Christ, those p patterns of sin that may have existed can have ongoing ramifications that endure even deep into their life as a believer. Um, that, that can be the case as well, right? Yes, that there's consequences, but it, it's kind of like scars remain. You know, you can have deep wounds right. that get healed, but scars remain. And, and you know, you could ask this question too. What if God doesn't take away a desire for a certain sin? Yeah. Does that mean that the gospel isn't powerful? So I think sometimes people will get saved and they'll like, immediately I stopped doing this, that, or the other. I had no desire for it anymore. Well, it's because you know the truth. The truth got set you free, and now you're making choices not to do it. And sure, plenty of times God can take away the desire. When I used to cuss a lot when I was in high school. I got into college, and when I got saved at age 20, I had stopped cussing as much because it's not socially, it wasn't socially acceptable like it is now. But immediately when I got saved, I knew that I shouldn't do that. But now the Spirit indwelling me gave me the power to say no to it and to make those choices. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like saying no to sugar. I mean, it's like, you know, it, you, you have to have willpower to say no to something every day in the afternoon after lunch. I always want something sweet always. So every day I tell myself, no, but in the times when I say yes a lot, I find that sugar starts ruining me. <laughs> so now since, since I was at Hume Lake, whenever that was July 23rd or whatever, I've been going without desserts and I, and now it's way easier to say no because I've said no so many times. I mean, I bought desserts for people and I haven't eaten the dessert. I even tricked my wife, Angela. We were in Nashville <laughs> recently and we were having a, a sweet dinner at a place, downtown Nashville, and we ordered this really amazing dessert. And on top of it was some fruit and some pieces of mint leaves. So the whole time I'm just taking little scoops of the mint leaves and the, uh, and the thing. And Angela kept going, this is so good. And I'm thinking to myself, if I can pull this off, I will tell her later. And so I told her later, I said, you know, I didn't eat any of that dessert. She goes, I wondered why I ate so much, but I kept dipping in, but I was only taking the green leaves and the, and, and the, the fruit. fruit, man. Yeah. There you go. No, but anyway, seriously, <laughs> once you say no enough times, you, you do build a, res, uh, a better resolve and resistance to something. So, yep. you know, and, and you look at God tempts no one, right? But you don't, you're not supposed to give a foothold to Satan. And, uh, James one says you're, you're tempted when you're drawn away by your own desires. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I always think of Romans 13, make no provision. For, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm forgetting the exact verse. I'll try to pull it up in a second, but mm -hmm. idea being exactly what you're saying that if you're allowing, you know, little footholds for sin, then of course that sin is going to, you know, remain somewhat entrenched. Yeah. Um, I also think there's a, there is a place to acknowledge that a believer might struggle with a particular temptation yes. for their entire life. And they may, they may even have experienced, you know, seasons of praying, Lord, I just, I want to be totally delivered from this. I never want to struggle with this temptation. I never want to wrestle with this again. 
And for whatever reason, in his wisdom, God may allow the temptation to remain. And it's something that that person is going to continue to have to have the support of other believers and bearing that burden and going back to the Lord. It's a way of God, I think, allowing us to remain humble and dependent on him too. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. We want to be careful, though. I think maybe it's a nuance of words, but we we don't want to get into a defeated mentality where we say that somehow God kept a temptation there, okay? Because God doesn't tempt anyone to sin, okay? So, for example, we talk about the thorn in the flesh. Well, that was a thorn that he would not, that was a, a he sent something from Satan to buffet him so that he wouldn't exalt himself. Different than a temptation to sin. So I think I would say, you know, even the question, does God take away temptations to sin? Well, he gives us freedom from sin right. and the strength to say no to temptation. Right. Um, I want to point us to First Thessalonians 4. Uh, starting at verse 1, it says, Finally, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord that as you receive from us how you ought to live and please God, just as you're doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the word of the Lord Jesus. This is the will of God, your sanctification. And he specifies it, that you abstain from sexual immorality. So the idea of abstaining from something, just like 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful lusts, right? You flee it. But abstain from sexual immorality and let each one of you know how to control his body. So self-control in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Like you know God, you've got the Holy Spirit, but it says don't transgress. Another choice you make. Don't wrong your brother. Another choice you make. Why? The Lord's the avenger in all the those things. And he has called us not for impurity, but in holiness. And it says, if you disregard this, another choice you make, if you disregard this, you disregard God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Mm -hmm. It's pointing us to the fact that you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, like uh, you abstain, abstain, control, don't transgress, don't wrong, don't disregard. These are all choices we make. What did Paul say? I buffet my body and make it my slave. So I say, God freed a person, God frees the person from sin, and we choose, because God indwells us, we choose not to do that sin anymore. Um, and I, I well, we can, I'll end my comments there, but I guess I'm, I'm a bit nervous to concede the point that God might leave that temptation in your life because what it says is uh, in John in James 1 God tempts no one right you're tempted when you're enticed by you're your own enticed. desires yes yes that's right right and I guess God in his sovereignty you could say allows that but I think we're supposed to be saying no to that right so so there's that yeah there's I, that rub there. there's no that tension I'm, I'm with you I'm glad you said that I think I I think I'm totally in agreement yeah, I, um, I'm just imagining all of those people who've prayed and, uh, you know, kind of the prayer of Lord, I never want to go down right. that road again. Of course, and then yes. they find, and it's like, God, God is sovereign and able to do anything and could immediately yeah. answer all such prayers. Yes. But I think because he loves us and because he wants us to depend on him and draw near to him, he, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm wanting to, I'm hearing myself. I don't want to say that God yeah. allows us to walk down that road. He's already supplied us in Christ and with his spirit, yeah. with everything and with his word, with everything necessary to live a life that's pleasing to him. Mm -hmm. So we're not still needing more resources to come down to us from heaven or something like that. Right. Um, he's right. already made every provision for our holiness. And yet, that process is slow and sometimes painful. And we're still going to deal with sin, right? Yeah. And, and so, yeah. like, look, think of it this way. If we could make the promise that you're not going to be tempted anymore, 
then we'd also be able to make the promise that you'll always be able to pay your bills. You know, or you'll always have this, that, and the other, just fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. That's the health and wealth lie. <laughs> so I mean, uh, it's literally, you don't want to say to people, God's a genie in a bottle and he's going to give you exactly what you want. Sure, you want to be free from all sin, but you're on this earth in this exile, you know, and we're not defeatist. You know, we don't want to say I'm always going to be like this. We don't want to do that. But we should never tell someone, uh, hey, by the way, you're going to struggle your whole life. <laughs> now, the question is, the answer really is you might not you will, but you, you might. might struggle. You, which, yeah, yeah. And, and you want leading one to hopelessness because the resignation, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to struggle with this my whole life. What's the problem with that one? No eternal view with that. What did Second, what's Second Corinthians 4 say? We have this, this, this treasure in jars of clay and we know the surpassing greatness, but it's, we, got, you know, we have a hope in heaven. It's like our hope, if you're struggling, you might continue to struggle in that way and you have a desire that you you don't want to do that desire you fight it like like sugar but life's a vapor and and it feels like a prison sentence to some but no victory in christ is different because um it's not human eradication of something we don't like it's our hope in christ and and then sometimes it's not until heaven it's like don't lose heart christian this is a vape this life is a vapor right yeah yeah Yeah. no absolutely i um yeah, I just I'm in total agreement. Well, um, this is this has been good. I th- this is I, this is one that I think we need to come back to, because there are so many contours, there's so many facets to this topic, and and we don't want to take any of it lightly. And we're not, we're, as you can tell, we didn't give any hard and fast answers except anything the Bible gave us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I think let's, let's let's just press pause on it there. We'll come back for a part two, maybe especially kind of weighted in the idea of okay, so what does it look like to mm-hmm fight against, you know, these sins that can remain and, and be a struggle. So uh, with that, listeners, thanks for joining us. We love you and, and we're thankful for you. Thanks for um, tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on the podcast. God bless you and have a great day. Mm-hmm.